If you are sitting at home next to your radio, you're hearing the music faster than you are if you're in the hall. Listening for the secret. Searching for the sound. This is The Sound Podcast with Ira Haberman. Down the road, down the road, got a little pretty gal down the road. Listening to Down the Road, a cover of a Flat and Scruggs tune from the infamous String Dusters, forthcoming tribute to the duo, due out April 21st. The EP continues the Dusters' series of tributes, paying homage to those that came before them. I caught up with Dobro player Andy Hall to talk about the tribute to Flat and Scruggs, and as generally the case, we got into a whole lot more. I guess the, the you know, Bluegrass has always had a tradition of either covering songs that came before, like bands covering songs that came before them or um, replaying traditional folk music. And so when a bluegrass band decides that they're going to do a cover record, it's not incredibly shocking, but I'm curious to know what the impetus was for doing this tribute to Flatten Scruggs. Yeah. Well, um, 
as a band, the, the, the string dusters have always in our albums, like our original albums, we've always sort of tried to sort of push the envelope, you know, but come up with new sounds. I mean, ever since our inception, I'd like to think we had a bit of a, a, a unique progressive sound that was always, you know, when we started progressive was kind of like the word that we would think of to describe our music. But that said, the foundation of how we learned how to play the way we do was rooted in traditional bluegrass, the, the, the sort of the technique and how the music fits together and the rhythm and the, you know, the roles the instrument plays is always rooted in traditional bluegrass. Um, you know, bluegrass, it was invented by Bill Monroe and Flatt and Scruggs. So, and I think in some ways when we started, we almost tried to push away from traditional bluegrass. You know, we were, we were trying to sort of, I don't want to say rebel, but we were just trying to make our own way, you know, and cause they're in, in the traditional bluegrass world, there are, and were, even when we started and always have been bands that really want to play just like the creators. And that's pretty common. And, you know, we wanted to do our progressive thing, but um, we've never paid real tribute to those uh, real formative artists and sounds that helped really, you know, form the foundation of our sound and our band. So that, you know, that's kind of, that was kind of it. I mean, we did the Monroe one first during the pandemic and, uh, you know, it, and so we we decided we wanted to kind of continue that, and as we can, sort of pay tribute to the the people that really um, helped form, you know, bluegrass, and and in turn the foundational sound of our band in a lot of ways. But we didn't want to try and recreate the sound. Like you know, there are bands like uh, Earls of Leicester. Jerry Douglas's band is a Flat and Scruggs tribute band, and they sound just like the band in fact their fiddle player is like the son of the original fiddle player and you know so i mean they can do it i mean they sound but we just wanted to play those songs like we play them um and it's so fun it's just fun music to play so in the end there's a lot of reasons um i mean these are songs that we would jam in jam sessions you know and but never thought for some reason like we should record them because we had other stuff we were trying to do but um now we've done it and it's fun i think we're on to something yeah i think it's really cool i think it's you know it's nice to pay homage to the creators as you said but it's it's also nice to put your own spin on it and 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 not necessarily to be too progressive with it i mean i i you know if somebody heard these covers of the flat and scrug songs they wouldn't say oh uh it's the dusters and it sounds way too different from the original i'm curious how you decided to choose these six tunes was it you know everybody contributed a list or, or how did you come up with the six that you were going to use because some of them are are sort of obscure yeah you know a lot of times when we do something like this you know each band member might bring a song that they like um and so uh you know it when we come to like meet about what we might want to record everyone's kind of maybe brought a, a song that they might like to sing um you know we with specialty projects like this, we, we keep it pretty democratic. We're just like, what do you want to sing? Okay. And which one do you want to sing? You know, and everyone brings one. Um, and so and Panda brought a banjo instrumental, you know, of course, an Earl Scruggs banjo song. 
Um, yeah, the one that stands out to me as being something you maybe uh, might not expect is the one Falco brought, which is Cabin on the Hill, yeah. which is this like gospel song, you know, um, but you know, it, it made sense to include something like that. Cause that's such a big part of, that was a whole part of the show for flat and Scruggs was like, you know, ev- all the singers gather around one mic and sing like a gospel song. And uh, you know, whether you're religious or not, that music has a huge impact on bluegrass and is kind of a, really a, 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 you know, one of the formative elements of the sound. So we wanted to do one like that. You know, one of the great things about that sound too, is like back in the sixties when they were recording, when they were like recorded the original version of that song, reverb was new, like reverb, you, you know, where you could get like a reverberant sound as opposed to just the, the sound of the room you were recording. And you had like, you could add reverb to stuff and they went bonkers with it. I mean, they just put so much. And so you have this sound where it's like the, the gospel trio and they just cranked the reverb up to 10 and it sounds amazing. It, it actually sounds like it's out in the hills or the holler somewhere and creates this very ancient, nostalgic, cool sound. And so we kind of, you know, wanted to sort of get some of that. And so yeah, cabin on the hills, like that's something, you know, we do a lot of, we do some vocal acapella type music too. So not, not as much gospel music, but, um, but yeah, so that, that was different. And, you know, the banjo instrumental, I mean, of course we love that stuff, but mm-hmm. Flatten Scruggs has had a lot of variety. You know, they had different people sing. They do a dobro song. They do a banjo song. They do a gospel song, fast bluegrass. They had all these different, you know, things that they would incorporate into their show. And we wanted to get a bit of each of that. They were sort of progressive in their own way after breaking breaking out from Bill Monroe, right? I mean, still very traditional in the approach, but I, I know a lot of jamgrass people point like even sam bush has pointed to them as being a little more progressive than the usual bluegrass sound as and then sort of you know maybe they were the first roots of cutting away from the traditional bluegrass bluegrass sound right yeah i mean it it started at the beginning it started with monroe his thing was super progressive at the time right and so And then, and you know, Lester Flatt and Earl Scruggs were in Monroe's band. And when they quit to do their own thing, they, you know, it was big for them to have a sound that was different. Honestly, a big way they did that was by adding the dobro. Um, (laughs) Monroe did not like, he didn't want dobro in his band. He never had dobro on anything. And so they're like, we're going to have a dobro. And so, you know, the, the dobro was one way they made their sound newer and more progressive. Um, And then, yeah, from there, there, they they were they were innovators i mean you know they were the ones who sort of embraced more mainstream opportunities like uh getting on the beverly hillbillies television show which was huge right. in the 60s so they they kind of you know infiltrated hollywood in a bit i mean that was something that hadn't been done um I mean, Earl invented bluegrass banjo, you know, and and Earl went on after Flat and Scruggs. He went on to do all kinds of cool, crazy stuff, playing with yeah. Moog synthesizers and rock tunes. And so, the, you know, they always had um, they always had that push forward. And and I feel like that's something cool about bluegrass is that's been part of the tradition is the the trying to take it one step further trying to do something new with it each time and um i love that about about the music 
Um, these songs are going to make it into set list. They already have uh, at some shows, some of these songs. Is that is that the plan to work them in just like other songs, other covers that are part of the repertoire? So we'll be hearing, you know, Cabin on the Hill or or Earl's Breakdown or any of these songs in, in their various parts throughout the sets that you guys do live? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, yeah, definitely. The, the nice thing is, is these songs for us in a way play themselves. This is like the the stuff that we can do. Well, I mean, you know, it's just what we sort of came up on in a way. And so it's it's just fun. It's fun to play. It's high energy. A lot of it. It's, um, you know, it's. Yeah, I, I don't want to say it's simple to play, but it's it's not like jazz. It's not crazy chord changes or anything. It's it's just driving, play the music right, and it's fun. And it's what's cool is to see the crowd reactions when you play like traditional bluegrass. They they yeah. love it. I think it's I think you know when early on we thought we kind of maybe avoided some traditional bluegrass, like I was saying earlier, and now it's like we realize the crowd just reacts to that sound. It's an incredible. So we'll be. Yeah, it's already we're, you know, in the set lists and and we'll continue to be and um yeah, along with the Monroe stuff and yeah, it's great. Is there plans to tackle another artist? Have you already tackled that artist? I I I I always hate asking that question and then find out weeks later that, you know, there there is already another cover record. Um is there plans to to tackle another veteran of the scene down down the road or has that already been canned well uh it's not nothing is done but we do have that plan there's sort of you know not to give too much away but there you know in our minds there's kind of the trifecta of the originals and that would include the stanley brothers um they you know and ralph stanley uh, and the stanley brothers so that may come about i mean you know uh, uh but uh and there's others too. I mean, there, there's other, you know, there's amazing material in that old music that is so fun to dig up and, and, and see, and it's such unique, interesting music stuff you would just never think of and to play or to lyrically, you know, very interesting. And so it's, it's fun to dig into that stuff, you know? Um, so there will be probably more. It's hard to say how time, what time allows. <laughs> We're trying to do a lot. I mean, we just uh, put in the can another undercover record. So that's more like, oh, cool. you know, modern covers. We have two of those. And we and now we have got another one in the can. We've got just a bunch of stuff we're trying to do. So we'll see how it all fits in. But, you know, we're recording a lot right now. Yeah, uh, I was going to ask about that while I had you. You know, it's been a couple of years since Toward the Fray. Well, about a year, I guess, since Toward the Fray came out. But you had worked on it uh, prior to that. So that must be something that you're thinking about, too, obviously. Uh, original music. Original music is always there's always a plan for that. Um, you know, whenever it happens that the next one will be our 10th uh, right. original, you know, String Duster album. I mean, we're. <laughs> <laughs> and it, which is amazing to think i just i can't believe it but uh you know that it's not imminent we're we're not like recording right now right now we're in the, the process of, of writing you know giving ourselves some time to write you know after after the pandemic we kind of like are let's see how do i explain this 
I don't want to say giving ourselves a break, but just like letting things happen naturally mm-hmm. and not forcing anything. If we want to do something, we, we want we wanted to make a, a a cover thing that took two days. We did that. That's great. You know, just not feeling like, oh my gosh, you know, it's one thing if you've done one record and you have to put out your follow record, follow up record. You know, it's our tenth record. It's like, yeah, well, we're, we're going to do that. You know, mm-hmm. and when 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 the songs have written themselves and and when we're ready, so. You know, and that that's sort of the phase we're in is letting the art really drive us as opposed to trying to let have like the business pressure us into doing anything. Because when you've been around a while, it, it, those pressures can kind of you can allow them to sort of lift a bit and just be artists. And, and I actually I like that about having been around a bit. You know, you all you all had solo projects or put out most of you put out solo records during the pandemic so i'm curious about you know how those experiences when you came back as a band how those experiences helped shape the music that you're making now or or even just some of the playing like even on this on this on this ep like it it must have contributed to your skill set getting even that much better because you were alone and isolated and playing by yourself right yeah, you know, I think when I, when when I think about that question, it what comes to mind first is just it, it it allowed us a little bit of a breather to um to to refocus on the string dusters, you know. So you you know, you, you had that time to like I did two albums during that time. I did a solo bluegrass dobro record where it was just me playing classic dobro tunes. And then I did an ambient record, which is yeah. like like a me- almost like a spa music meditation type Dober record, super spacious with, you know, synth sound. So I like got my home studio all updated and got and learned how to use MIDI and and do the you know make all these different sounds. And I mixed it myself. And um, so yeah, it that you know helped me with some engineering chops. It helped me with some production chops. But as I say, in the end, it was like when we all got back together in the dusters, there was just a fresh energy and a fresh appreciation for the band and being able to be together and still be together and play together. And so, you know, as much as anything, I mean, you know, I certainly I think we all learned some skills. We all were able to have other creative outlets and then, you know, but the coming back together with a fresh energy and a fresh appreciation and drive was probably the biggest thing that I noticed. Um, the spring into summer tour schedule is filled with tons of festivals and tons of fun. It kicks off uh, April 20th and 21st with uh, a stop at Crystal Bay, Nevada with Midnight North. I'm sure you guys uh, have, have have bumped into the 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 gal and gentleman from uh, from Midnight North before on your various trips to uh, the Bay Area and such. Are, are you excited? Can we anticipate some uh, group playing uh, with, with those guys? Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. I mean, they're they're you know, we go back a good ways with Midnight North and uh, we've toured with them. We've done shows with them, you know, shows with them and Phil. Um, and so. Yeah, we have we've got we've got songs that we know together. We always definitely collab. Um in fact, they we did some shows with them last fall uh up in like Boise and um Montana, I believe. 
So yeah, I mean, they're, they're old friends. In fact, I was texting with Graham literally yesterday because he's like a runner and I did my first half marathon. Oh, that's and, he, right, and so he was like, how was that? So, you know, we, we stay in touch and, um, and musically we just, yeah, just personally and musically, they're just such good friends. And, um, and yeah, it's, I love seeing their show and yeah we have elliot and graham and the others up and we're definitely yeah that, that crystal bay shows it's been a while it's been probably five six years since we've been out there amazing how time just kind of blasted forward <laughs> and all of a sudden everything's like happened five years ago but um but yeah so we'll we'll be back in tahoe and uh yeah very very stoked about that it's a fun venue i mean you know it's a casino yeah. but it's right. every everyone plays there it's a great place everyone hunkers down in the casino you play the show then everyone's out on the <laughs> roulette table it's a it's a, everyone's hanging you know it's like the uh the the casino fills with hippies and it's a great time right you don't want to ask the promoter for your check before uh I guess the temptation is to ask for the check while you're at the casino, but no, only the best. merch money. You can only gamble the merch money. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. And I, and I assume a lot of these songs too, will will make a, a grand appearance at the Earl Scruggs music festival in September. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, honestly, like when I saw that pop up, I, I was like a little intimidated, <laughs> like, okay, so we got to, this, this, this got to sound good. You know, like, I mean, this is at the, we're, you know, we're going to do some of this at the Earl Scruggs music festival. So, uh, totally it's exciting and it's a perfect opportunity to play some of that music and, and, uh, do our best to do it justice there at the, in the home of Earl Scruggs. You know, incidentally, I, I played in Earl Scruggs' band for a while oh. when I was, when I lived in Nashville and, uh, you know, got to sit down with Earl literally in his living room. When I tried it for the band, he and I sat and played like foggy mountain breakdown together and all, you know, foggy cool. rock and all this stuff. So, so I got to, you know, really connect with the, uh, you know, the, the originator of this stuff. And so the, the music is, is pretty meaningful to me, you know, for that reason too. Yeah. So were you quarterbacking the sessions or, or was it sort of, I mean, you guys are pretty democratic in terms of making decisions anyway. So you just yeah, I there. you know I you know what the the thing I learned from Earl, which I loved, was that even in that moment, he was probably I don't know what age he was at the time, late seventies maybe, mm -hmm. still playing amazing. But we played one of the songs called Foggy Mountain Rock. That's a Dobro led song, mm -hmm. and I played it. We played the song, and we and we we you know we finished, and he's like, and I play it a little different than the original, and he was like oh, I like how you added that like one chord in there. I thought that's awesome. You know, and I, and, you know, in my sort of self-consciousness, I'm like, oh, was that okay? You know, I thought maybe that was him pointing out something that I didn't do right. Right. But being nice about it, but he was truly giving me a compliment. He liked that I had done my own thing with it. And so if anything, I learned directly from Earl was that let people do their own thing with these songs. And so, yeah, I didn't, you know, I just let every, let it happen the way it happened in the studio. And, and, you know, that was a good lesson from Earl. He just, he, he wants you to do your own thing in that band. We had, uh, one of the, we had a, literally there's a clarinet player in the band who oh, wow. would take these insane John Jorgensen. He plays some guitar, some mandolin, and then he'd take these insane, like bebop clarinet solos. Mm -hmm. I mean, it just, Earl was like, let's make it new. Let's make it fresh. And so, you know, we try to, carry that on too it's great to hear that he wasn't too precious about his music that's you know sometimes traditional or older musicians are just so precious about their music but it's it's great that 
that he wasn't. Um, thanks for taking the time, dude, uh, for for chatting with us about um, the project. Continued success. Can't wait to hear the 10th album and uh, and good luck on the tour, all right? Thanks, man. Cheers. Always great talking with Andy Hall. The infamous String Dusters are coming to a city near you, and they have vinyl of the new Flattened Scruggs tribute record. For full details, visit thestringdusters.com. Before we leave you, let's head over to Washington's in Fort Collins, Colorado, March 4th, 2023, for a live cover of another Flattened Scruggs tune, I'd Rather Be Alone. Never end.
You've been listening to The Sound Podcast. Technical production by Adam Karsh and Andrea Ruse. Inspired by the music we love. For more, visit thesoundpodcast.com.